Hey Jess. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing pretty swell. What are we talking about today? So I'm kind of excited about what we're talking about today. Are you? So for those of you listening who don't know us personally, Jess and I have been friends for 30 almost years. Almost Almost 30 It'll years. It'll be 30 years in like two months. <laughs> yeah. So we've been friends forever. And as most little girls growing up in the 90s, we had tons of sleepovers. Like... I think at one point it was almost every weekend. Probably. So I thought it would be really fun to talk about a slumber party game that we never, ever played. Ooh. <laughs> I know we did a lot of weird, strange, spooky things. When we it's were true. Kids, told lots of ghost stories, had lots of supernatural things we claimed were happening to us. People can lick hands, too. Oh my god, that's, can we talk about like spooky stories that still unsettle me? They still me. haunt me. But one that we never played, and I think part of it was because a lot of the time we weren't having huge slumber parties with tons of people, mm-hmm. but we never played light as a feather, stiff as a board. No. So I thought for today's mini myth on Myth and Macabre podcast, we could take a look into the kind of brief history and origins of light as a feather, stiff as a board. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Because I always, like, wanted to play it, but, like, I just, I never had enough friends. <laughs> so I, I think I have played this before at sleepovers. I think it only happened once, for what it's worth, and it was kind of creepy and kind of fun. I I think it's the only time I was ever at a sleepover with enough people to do it now. <laughs> it really is. It's one of those where you need more than two people. Yeah. Because usually even, like, our birthday sleepovers, there was, what, maybe four of us yeah exactly yeah like i was like i never was at like a really good party no we weren't the party kind of kids (laughs) we weren't that cool (laughs) (laughs) but because it's something i've known about my whole life i figured i thought it would make a good candidate for a mini myth i think it would i'm excited So for those of you not familiar with Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, it's a slumber party game where everyone attempts levitation. One person lays on the ground, usually with their arms crossed over their chest, and they, uh, there's a couple different ways that you can do it, but like they kind of talk about how they're dead. So some versions, people will chant like, oh, she's getting paler. Oh, she's getting sick. Oh, she's getting, you know, she's becoming, you know, there's a word that I can't think of. But then it's like, oh, and then she's dead. And then you start attempting this levitation. Oh, I don't think I ever knew about like that part of it. I think that's what makes it creepy for what it's worth. That's pretty creepy. I think levitation in general is creepy. It's like kind of creepy. I agree. Other versions, the person laying there describes their death. They they kind of describe how they've come to die. But, like, for some reason, being dead is, like, part of this. I did not know that. Yeah. So then everybody puts a finger or two underneath this person who is lying there pretending to be dead. And there's candles, right? There's always candles. So usually... <laughs> Kind of the way it works out is everybody tries to lift them and it doesn't work. So somebody suggests, well, we should light some candles and kind of Mm -hmm. try and try and make this ambiance and call to whatever spirits might be around to help us. And then then on the count of three, usually there's some clapping or something. And on the count of three, everybody tries again. And usually on that second attempt, they're successful. 
at lifting this person off the ground. Okay. I'm trying to judge by your <laughs> face what you think of all of this. I, it's, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I never played it, so I don't. So in general, usually in the sleepover setting, this doesn't usually work. That's For fair. what it's worth. Did it work when you did it? It did, but I think a big part of it and I'll kind of get into it a little bit later. Uh, I said that like it's a long episode. <laughs> but I think there's some physics involved too. Ah. Kind of distribution of weight among the amount of people. Mm-hmm. And I think the time that I did it, there was like 12 of us. So. Okay. I could see how that would work. Makes more sense that way. I feel like, isn't it supposed to be like a total of five? Like normally there's like the one person that's laying down and then there's like. I think like four is the minimum. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of need four to make it work. Yeah. Four around the person. Yeah, so, so like five, five total. total. But yeah, usually this doesn't work. And it's kind of along the lines of, you know, the the Bloody Mary chant and things like that. It's just like something you, you have to try, right? You hear about <laughs> you it and you're like, it. this is spooky and creepy. Let's give it a shot. And a lot of the recollections that you can find of people talking about it tend to be kind of exaggerated. There's never a whole lot of proof that it happened. And a lot of that is probably due to kind of excitement and sleeplessness of the people involved because Mm -hmm. it's usually during sleepovers and power of suggestion. And it's always 3 a.m. because that's like the witching hour. Basically, everything happens at 3 a.m. Nothing good happens at 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. True story. So I knew about this game growing up. I have participated in this game once in my life. It was creepy and fun. But I thought to myself, where did it come from? Yeah. Like, this is kind of a morbid game, right? Like, this person pretends to be dead, and then you're all like, we're going to lift the dead person. So why are we lifting the dead person? Going back to talking about dead people. So (laughs) actually, there's a reason, which I was kind of surprised. Okay. So the history of light as a feather, stiff as a board, goes back to the 1600s. Wow. Uh, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense with the, um, the witch trials. Yeah, right, where like witchery and all that stuff mm-hmm. is kind of pretty prevalent. So a British naval administrator named Samuel Pepys, who lived until 1703. So the fact that we're about to talk about what's written in his journal means it happened before that. So Mm -hmm. we're talking somewhere in the mid 1600s. Wrote about witnessing four girls in Bordeaux, France, playing this game in the street. In the street? In the street. I think kids just played in the street back then. I mean, the street wasn't like the street that we think of when we think of a street. Exactly. I I guess. (laughs) So he mentions that he sees these girls chanting while lifting this body in the middle of the road. And I didn't write it down in my notes, but even back then, the chant was very similar to what it is now. Very much like this light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of thing. It was French, so the translation's a little bit different. And their chant ends with, by the power of Jesus Christ, rise again. Which makes me think that this kind of has some origins in maybe some religion. Some people that I was reading talking about the origins of it believe that it happened during the time of the plague Mm -hmm. and that it was kind of a metaphor for resurrection and healing Mm -hmm. and things like that. And that it's just kind of taken on some kind of creepy, morbid status over time. I wasn't expecting it to have like religious 
background. Yeah. And so, like, and people were talking about how, like, a lot of things that children did during the time of the plague were kind of morbid anyway, like, kind of in the same vein as, like, Ring Around the Rosie, yeah, which is, like, say. super <laughs> morbid. Yeah. So that was kind of the first recollection. And the second time that it was kind of written down in history was in 1857 in a book called the magician's own book and it's written as like a parlor trick there and it kind of spells out how to do it okay and i think that's kind of where modern children who do it at slumber parties have kind of gotten not that they've read this book but i think it's kind of where yeah it's just that been comes from passed down like someone read the book and told someone else about exactly it and, yeah. like and so that one actually talks about how you're supposed to set it up so that it fails the second time but and this is kind of where the physics of it all comes in but once you're like oh well we need to do it better let's light these candles let's do it all on the count of three Mm -hmm. is that when everybody is lifting a little bit of this body weight on the count of three at exactly the same time there's an even distribution of body weight Mm -hmm. and depending on how many people you have it's not that hard to lift a body true which i thought was interesting (laughs) well exactly so you figure you know if you're distributing what tops a hundred pounds yeah between four people it's about 25 pounds but once you get more and more mm-hmm. it's not that absurd to think that with one or two fingers everybody's lifting you know five six seven pounds mm-hmm. so it was kind of written in that book as a parlor trick that was like if you get everybody to lift at the same time it's gonna work for you that's kind of cool yeah and there are variations where people do it with chairs and things like that with like somebody sitting up instead of laying down, which I think is actually probably harder because the chair weighs more, but easier because there's not like when somebody's laying down, like your limbs move. So, right. so like they could be moving their leg or bending at the waist, whereas if they're sitting in a chair, you're lifting something that's not moving. Right. Like you can see that there's. Yeah. Like, so I was like, that's kind of interesting. And since then, it kind of pops up in TV shows and movies. It was made really popular. And I think this is why most of us knew about it at sleepovers in the 90s. The craft. It was in the craft. (laughs) Yeah, in 1996. That was the first thing I thought of when you said that. So it's definitely something that has kind of stood the test of time. It's still a slumber party game. I don't know if it's still played today. I don't know if creepy kids are aware of the craft. I think that's probably... I mean, my creepy kid's not old enough to be doing things like that. And also, he's a boy. (laughs) And I don't think that boys are super into those kind of slumber party games. Probably not. And I think, like, when I was at the slumber party that did it, I'm pretty sure someone had just seen the craft. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we have to try it. Makes sense. So, yeah. So maybe not as spooky of an origin as I would have liked, but I thought it was really neat that it had been around for so long. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old. And I had never really considered... So there was a lot of mention of how it's kind of symbolic of resurrection Mm -hmm. and healing and, and society kind of coming out of the plague. But something I hadn't considered was someone had kind of done a study into it about how it was also kind of symbolic of... So this is usually played by children at slumber parties. It's mostly played by female children at slumber parties. And it's kind of almost in some ways this rite of passage Mm -hmm. of kind of rising up from childhood and kind of entering 
like teenagehood and becoming an adult. Is that why I still feel trapped as a seven-year-old sometimes? Do we need to <laughs> levitate you? No. <laughs> I don't think I weigh, like, I'm not in the right weight range for levitation. I mean, we can get as many people together <laughs> as I you think we might I don't know that it. many people. <laughs> don't be nice to yourself. But yeah, so like, I... I thought it was kind of neat. Obviously, once again, it's not really something we could do a whole episode on. But I thought it was kind of this thing that, like, everybody kind of talked about at sleepovers in the 90s had been around since the mid-1600s. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I figured, we. I know we had talked about, for some of these mini-myths, maybe bringing in some of these kind of spooky pseudo-occult adjacent type mm-hmm. games. So I figured that would be a fun one to check out. That is a fun one. And yeah. I'm going to do one probably later this summer. Cool. That is a little bit different. Like, a lot different, because it's not a slumber party game. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I need to, like, talk to my little 13-year-old cousin and be like, you need to get in on this game. <laughs> yes, and you should see if it's still a thing, if they know about right? it. Right? I should. I'll have to report back at a later date. Follow up. You need a follow up. <laughs> but yeah, so that is light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>